0: Welcome again to the 230 service. It's great to see you all. How are you doing? It's getting cold, isn't it? Goodness me. No turning back. Winter is coming. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And Gabriel told me if I could preach this message, I said, I don't know if I can do that. What are you talking about? You see, if you are not. Born or study the Bible in the right version, you will not have heard that um, expression which uh, we'll go into in a minute it means uh, to deeply study to search for the truth within. Um, I like us to start as we continue to do, in this series of the Word of God by reading um Our senior minister, Pastor Collins, first word in the revival times, because I think it's so key and and so much in the heart of this church to equip you and equip us to understand him through his word, to really search and be equipped with his word. Um, It's called Going Deeper Total Confidence in God's Word. That's the title. The entrance of God's Word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Psalms 119, 130. And Pastor Colin says here, One of the greatest needs of the hour is for Christians to regain confidence in the Word of God, of the Lord. Now is not the time to be downgrading the Scriptures, either their authority or their relevance to our lives. Society is almost totally ignorant of the word of God, and the consequences are everywhere to be seen. Once our laws were enlightened by the Word of God, but now anything goes, as the governments influenced by public opinion ignore the revealed will of God. But truth is not an opinion poll. Some of the most popular television programs in our nation are chat shows, reality TV. Where current affairs and the moral issues of today are discussed, they don't come from the Word. Mostly, it says, this consists of people pulling their ignorance ignorance of matters about which God has clearly spoken. So rather than going to God, just give our opinions. Society stumbles in the darkness as God's Word goes ignored. Why is God's Word easily ignored today? It's as much to do with the attitude of liberal Christianity. This is an approach to the Bible that regards merely as literature, literature, sorry, and not God's infallibly word. The early church was aware of that, that the problem existed even in their days. As we see that the Apostle Paul Takes time to explain the importance of understanding and following God's words to Timothy. Every part of Scripture is God's breath or breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. It's a good word, isn't it? And it is what's happening in our society. And um, looking at this uh, this topic, there's so much you can cover. The um, the verse comes from uh, Second Timothy, uh, chapter two, verse fifteen, where it says. Study to show yourself, thyself approved in the King James Version, unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In the New King James, it says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This is, in other words, called uh, what, is, what is known as exegesis. And it's how do you study the Word of God? How do you break it down so you can understand it, so that it's food for you, and so that you do that in the right way so you don't end up interpreting things that are not there, thinking and drawing ideas from the Bible out of context and and coming into difficult situations? Well, let me just give you uh, the meaning of this word exegesis. Biblical exegesis is a systematic process by which a person arrives to a reasonable and coherent sense of the meaning and message of a biblical passage. Ideally, an understanding of the original text will help or is required. In the process of the exegesis, a passage must be viewed in its historical and grammatical context with its time Purpose of writing taken into account. This is often accommodated by asking the following questions. So these are some of the questions we need to ask when we come to the Word of God. Who wrote the text? And who is intended to? Who are the readership, the intended readership? What is the context of the text? I.e. why is the author? Larger thought process. What is he talking about in the context of what? A problem, a blessing, something that happened recently to those people that he's talking to. An argument. Is the choice of words, wording, or word significant to the particular message? Why was the text written? To correct, to encourage, to explain. As we ask these questions, we're going to get more out of what we read rather than just do the one that most of us do sometimes, which is to go like, hey, good one, and read the Bible. You know, we need to get to systematically study His Word if we want to go deeper and understand more of who He is. And I aim to give you some just small steps and guidelines today guidelines that hopefully will help you into that direction. You may think, Esteban, I'm an expert. I've been doing this for many years. Good for you. Ask God, as I'm talking to you, what is the next step, God? How can I go deeper in your Word? Colossians 1.10 says, and we pray this in order that you may live a a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. This book is holy from God. And as we were reading early in 2 Timothy 3, from the first word, completely inspired by God. Everything that is in this book comes from him. But how many of you understand that this is not all there is Of God. It will be impossible to summarize God in a small book like this. So, as we read His Word, as we try to have some sort of systematic approach of understanding His Word, remember, whatever we can take from His Word is a part of who He is. All of this is his word, but this is not all of God. If not, where do we feed the word of prophecy? Where do we feed where God speaks into our hearts, specifically about a situation that we are living? But this is where we start and where we finish. He will not contradict his word on anything he does. He says that his prophecy should be tested through this word. His word. And so we have a good, good tool that we must learn to use. I like, um, I don't know if you heard of Joel Austin, this American preacher, who always, every time he starts a sermon, has a say about the Bible. Have you ever heard it? You know it. Shall we do it? I'll, re- I'll say it first. If you agree, repeat after me. Grab your Bibles. I like it. I think it's a good thing. It says, this is my Bible, I am what it says I am, I can do what it says I can do, today I will be taught the Word of God, uh, uh, the Word of God, let's leave it there, so I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There are crucial, crucial areas that, and attitudes of the heart that we need to look into as we come to study His Word. And If you take nothing else from what I'm going to say today, try to remember these ones. I think there are at least three. We must be aware of our own nature. We have a mind. That in the past was filled with sin, and the desires, and and, and a heart full of desires that didn't match with His Word. But in the process, but it is actually the process of studying the Word that renew our thinking and changes our mind, and changes to be more like Him. But when we first come and open this book, there might be a baggage that you need to be aware of. Hurts. Misunderstandings. Fruits from the life of sin. Things that we are working, still working in our lives. None of us are perfect. We haven't arrived. Yes, we are saved. We're going to heaven. We are being transformed from glory to glory. But we know we're not there yet. Amen. And that can sometimes... Askew our reading of the Bible. It can make us understand or read the things that are not there. Probably if you're very hurt, you won't find the verses that encourage you. But you will find the verses that hurt you even more. And so we need to guard our hearts when we come to the Word of God as to how we come and that our own nature could still have something to say, especially in the renewing of our minds, which take years and years. And In fact, till the day we go and meet him, we're going to be in constant renewing of our minds as we become more and more like him. So that's one of the things that I want to highlight. The other thing is that we, are, we must be aware of his intent. Why did he write this book? The scriptures. Why is the reason why we have the scriptures with us? And that is to reveal Christ, to guide us, to get us closer to Him. And as I was saying, to renew our mind. So think and ponder of these things. If the message you are receiving is not a message of love, it's not a message. When you read the Bible, that shows a good God, then ask yourself: Am I reading? Right. The third thing I'll say, I like to say, is that the Bible was written by words of people through the cultures, languages, time, histories, but at the same time is completely divine inspired. So it may not be that your cattle will increase because you don't have any, but you, you get the principle behind it. So, don't go around saying to everybody, My cattle will increase. That's what the Bible says. I will have more cows. How many you have now? None. But I'll have more. This is what the Bible says. You just told me, Esteban, everything in here is true. So, which one is it? You understand where I'm coming from? When we are aware of this tension, I to show you of between the Bible language, the history, the literature, the way it was written to the culture it was written, and our perception and limited understanding, then we can be careful interpreters, rightly dividing the Word of God so that we are focused on Christ and His Word and not on ourselves and our ideas. So let me give you a few steps. And I think that The first thing it is to come with the right attitude. with The attitude of humility, of learning, of really trying to go forward in your relationship with God. It's like when you're far away from a loved one and they send you letters. You want to read those letters because they will tell you how they are or emails or whatever it is. Whatever communication you will have from a loved one. You will try to read. Because you want to see how they're doing. You want to get to know them better. You want to feed that relationship. Cultivate it. That's the word I'm looking for. So is this a way to come with an attitude? Free saying, God, I want to cultivate my relationship with you. Would you speak from your word to my heart? Don't get me wrong. Many of us. Have done the, God, where are you? Where are you? Look at what's going on. I need a word. And there's a time for that. But I think most of the time, it's from the other side. The other perspective of saying, Jesus, I want to get to know you better. Would you show me something of you that I still don't know? Would you reveal yourself to me through this passage? So start with that prayer. Start with that attitude when you come to look at His Word. Select a passage. Don't just do it randomly all the time, please. Like Bruce was preaching a few weeks ago, it's so important to have a Bible reading program or listening to it on the bus, on the tube, with your phone, whatever. There's so many ways now. It's so, so easy to really have the Bible in you. Now if you're listening to it around, it's difficult to apply these steps, so I really encourage you to, when you feel something touching your heart, really spend a little bit more time and go a bit deeper so that you can have more foundation to that word that God is speaking to your heart. So select a passage, start by browsing the whole book. Get a study Bible. It's so useful. Or use the study Bibles that are online, many of them very good ones. Start by browsing, read the study Bibles at the beginning. They have a little snippet of, um, you know, who wrote it, when, to whom, all of the things that we were talking earlier. Then read the chapter carefully. Keep in mind the question... What does this passage say? What is it saying? Okay, it may be telling a story, but what is the message behind it? What is the message on that story? It may be telling, it may be telling the account of the people, of the people of Israel doing something. What is the message? So, just a general overview of that passage. First step. Second step, explore Uh, The general meaning, what does it mean? What is he saying? And maybe write it down. What is this writer trying to achieve by putting these verses here? What is the primary goal? God exegesis means means actually what God is saying. So, if you're reading the Bible and you don't go away with what God is saying, then we are missing the big point. Um, explore the specific meaning of the passage. In, in this step, you're a, the idea is to explore what is it, who is the author, What is the language and gender? How does it relate to the time where it's being released, this word, this passage? And then try to isolate that and analyze it. How is the passage arranged or set up? Maybe questions that you want to ask. What is the sentence structure? If it's written in a poetry form or whatever, because that may give you clues as to the meaning. Explore the context, of course. To whom, for what reason, at what time in history was this written? We have the historical context, we have the literary context, and we have the gender context. There are genders, there are basic things in which the Bible expresses the Word of God, and some of them could be A historical or narrative is telling a story uh, of, for example, the birth of Jesus, how it happened. It could be a a law like the Ten Commandments or the Leviticus books. It could be about wisdom like Proverbs. It could be about poetry, prophecy, apocalyptic, end times. It could be parables. That is bringing forward. So every gender is treated slightly different. Or it could be an epistle, a romance. The different genders and types that the Bible uses to communicate effectively through the times and, and through the different peoples that have picked it up and when it was written, was addressed to specifically. So, as you put all of these things together, you should come away with a few ideas that tells you what God is saying, what God is trying to do, what God is aiming in our hearts. And it should show you the character and the nature of who He is in a new light. We know God is good. What does it mean? Well, in X and Y circumstance, it meant this. And that's the background of your story. And that's what you're looking into. Make sure you don't go by your own experience. In the sense of trying to filter the Word of God through what you have lived. It's very hard to be... Self-aware and detach sometimes yourself from what we need to hear because we are feeling this way or the other way and what the Word of God is actually saying. So it's really, really important to do that. If we're going to use the Word of God as a lamp unto our feet, as something that will guide us through difficult times, something that will be a beacon of hope when we have nowhere to turn. Then we need to learn to study and really go deep in it. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, it says, "Um, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. There are some amazing promises of God when we... Study his Bible when his knowledge with the knowledge of he whom saved his son to save us, renew us and renew our minds, and we start seeing with the eyes of the spirit and walking a life on this earth, but as if we were always in the promised land. I always believe that for us Christians. The promised land can be here and right now for you. And it's all about changing our minds and the way we see God and the way we see the things that God uh, is doing in our lives. It's so important to really renew our minds, renew our minds through His Word. Go over His Word over and over again. Day and night, meditate Is what Joshua is saying. Day and night. And the promise is prosperous and successful you are going to be when you meditate in the Word of God day and night. Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners. Stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on its law, on His law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of waters, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. You see, when we spend time with God, when we spend time in His Word, there's no other outcome but prosperity. And I'm not just talking about financial prosperity. I'm talking about the prosperity of your spirit, of your soul. Things move forward. How can you come to His Word with the right heart Meet the creator of the universe and walk away the same. It's impossible. That's why I really want to encourage you. Grab hold of his word. Start somewhere. Maybe as Bruce was saying, a Bible reading program, listen to the Bible on your way to work. And then once a week at least get deeper. And don't tell me I'm going to make that once a week Sunday when I come to church. No, do it in your closet, in your private, in the secret place with Him, with the heart of getting to know who your God is and nothing else. I believe there are going to be times where we need Him desperately for something very specific and we are feeling low and. Maybe you're asking me, you know, Esteban, what do I do? How do I, how do I go when I don't feel like taking step one, two, three, zero, like you told me today? I really don't sometimes. You know, I'll say, start with the Psalms. Go there and find one that speaks to your circumstance that will take you from where you are and will lift you up to then be in the right place to speak to Him. Don't go just to the Psalms that are pure complaints. Okay. We were reading in the corner this morning. It came to me when we were worshiping. We had a fantastic time of worship here at the 2.30 as well, but it's another level this morning and this afternoon. Today I think the 7 o'clock will be of the charts and we're reading Psalm 91 and it was so amazing how some parts of the psalm were ministering to different people in the crowd because we are all in different stages in our lives but read psalms like psalms 91 that are uplifting when you're in trouble when you don't know where to turn I remember once I was uh, going through my listening in the car. I have read the Bible a few times, but mostly in the last few years, it has been listening to it. I, I love just listening to it. And um, and it was going through kings. And one of the kings just cried out to God. I can't even remember who. And it was something raised within me. It felt like rude. To speak to God that way. But his word was igniting something in me. That I couldn't explain. So I started screaming the words in the car. God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? I don't see you. I don't feel you. He was probably sitting right next to me in the car. But you know when you go through those times. And I believe. God answered that prayer. And he went. I was always here. Don't lose heart. We're never perfect when we come. Maybe we can come perfectly to his word. You know, after the meeting, we feel so holy. We get home, we feel like reading the Bible again, and wow, everything works. But we know that when we get down to the nitty-gritty, the things of life, it's not a process that you take one, two, three, four. And it works every time. We're all different. We're all human. We're all in a journey. And I want to encourage you, continue in that journey. If you have left the Bible behind for a while, non-condemnation, come back to it. That's it. Forget about it. Don't even want to hear it. Just come back to it. Sometimes when you preach messages that exhort people to do something, or to come back to something they haven't been doing for a while, Will come to the front and to receive prayer. And I said, You don't have to receive prayer. You know, God's forgiving you. Who am I to? If you want me to pray with you, too, so that you will have the strength to continue, we'll do that. But forget it. The best way is to leave the past in the past and say to God with the right attitude God, whatever happened, happened. I really want to know you. I really want to explore your word. Deeper, whatever I have been doing. Up until this point, please forget it. If it's not good at us, of course. I'd like us to stand and I want to pray for you as uh, we close in the meeting today. Pray with you. Lord, I thank you. For your awesome presence in this, your house. Thank you, Lord, because your Spirit brings us close and closer and closer to you. We thank you, Lord, because in you there is forgiveness every time. I pray, O Lord, that you will put a passion for your word inside every heart this afternoon and renew and increase the passion of those who are already passionate about your word. Lord. Lord, I ask for revelation to come into our lives right now by the power of the Spirit and in every way that we study your word because revelation can push back the power of darkness in our lives. I release the spirit of revelation upon every single one of us this afternoon. And I pray that as your word takes over our lives and our spirit, no darkness will be left within us, O Lord. All sin will just fade away in your wonderful presence. Give us the strength, Lord, to seek after you, to read the Word and look for you when we don't feel like doing it, Lord. Make us, Lord, aware of your presence and your eagerness to speak to us. We know your Word says that you want You have words of wisdom for us. You want to talk to us. You want to speak to our hearts. Sometimes we don't believe it, Lord. Make us aware of this reality by your Spirit, I pray. That this may ignite a reaction of love towards you within us. That we could never again spend a day without turning to your precious Word. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you very much, you all, for coming. Five o'clock, we're going to look at the Trinity with Pastor Bruce. And, of course, Revival Night tonight, whole fast, because it's going to be a fantastic time in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, everybody, for coming. God bless you.